Everyone, remain calm. Welcome to the 59th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we are here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have some news and a great chat with photographer and theme park correspondent Chris Lanham, where we take a deep look into various theme park elements of the original park in Jurassic Park. Chris and I will be entering a new segment this week called Main Street, which will be solely used for chatting about theme parks. I'm really excited to debut it here today in this episode with Chris. This past week, I actually had the chance to watch Jurassic Park in theaters again, and let me tell you, it's absolutely brilliant, if you didn't need me to tell you that already. I've seen it a few times in theaters now, and of course, hundreds of times at home, and uh, you know, the film just never gets old for me. If you ever come across JP in theaters, don't hesitate, go. It's a very different experience than watching it from your couch. Trust me, you won't regret paying to see that movie again. So why don't we start things off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access main program. Access main security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, we hate being right all the time. It's day. I guarantee it. Last week in the news, I mentioned that the first U.S. date popped up for the Jurassic Park in concert series. Well, now we have the actual North American premiere date. On November 13th in Nashville, Tennessee at the Skirmerhorn Symphony Center, Jurassic Park will hit the big screen with an orchestra at 7 p.m. So the lucky ones in the States are now those JP fans in Nashville. Only one showing has been announced for Nashville so far, but it seems like more and more dates are being announced, so stay tuned for more release dates. Tickets go on sale for the Nashville show this Friday, July 22nd, so head to the link in our show notes to purchase your tickets. So, you recognize these noises, right? But what if those noises sounded more like this? Well, a study coming out of the University of Texas says dinosaurs may have had even more in common with birds. Many birds today use a closed mouth type of vocalization for mating rituals and other situations. So since birds are direct descendants of dinosaurs, this type of vocalization makes sense for dinosaurs as well. So what do you think? Would the Jurassic series be as good if the dinosaurs sounded like this? Find a link to the article in our show notes. In an interesting development over on Twitter, thanks to Mirror Images for the heads up on this, the Jurassic Park official Twitter just went through some changes. Uh, Previously, the handle at Jurassic Park held everything. 
including all the promotion for Jurassic World. Well, now it looks like at Jurassic Park merged the tweets onto a new account at Jurassic World, but it also reset the original handle at Jurassic Park so it starts fresh. Why? Not sure yet. Both accounts are verified so we can trust them. But what could this mean for future social media interaction for the Jurassic series? Well, I'm sure we'll find out soon. In the meantime, head over to both Twitter accounts to get a better look. I'll include the handles in our show notes. Oh, there it is. There it is. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. All right, let's head down to Main Street, maybe grab a bite to eat, get some souvenirs, and chat with Chris Lanham about Jurassic Park as an operating theme park. Welcome to Jurassic World. And there's no doubt our attractions will drive kids out of their minds. The park was not enough to cater only for the super rich. What, we'll have a, a coupon day or something? You should have spent a day at the beach, get some sun. None of these attractions are ready yet, of course. Really spectacular, spared no expense. Enjoy the ride. Can't you stop these things? I'm sorry, it's kind of a ride. All major theme parks have delays. Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Uh, sorry folks, ride's closed. Um, come on guys, I just work here. So this week, I'm here with Chris Lanham, who you heard back in episode 35. Uh, we've waited way too long to get you back here, dude. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. Nice. I know it's it's been a while, but um, we've both, both been busy. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's not a ton to talk about with theme parks because in real life, we don't get a lot of updates in terms of what we have in, you know, in, in Orlando and other places. Um, so there's really not too much to talk about. But today, I think... We should talk about like the theme park aspects of the original Jurassic Park, and you know, did that park have what it takes to succeed, or or, or was it going to fail anyway? I don't really know. I mean, it, it, I know you've got a lot of insight into uh, what goes on behind the scenes in theme parks, so I figured it was great, and we got to get you on here to talk about this. Yeah. Um, first off, I mean, would it work? Uh, I think no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> Right off the bat, I just I don't know of any any person, lawyer or otherwise, that would look at this and be like, yeah, yeah, let's let's make dinosaurs and uh, make it a thing. So I just yeah, well, well no, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, in you know, first glance, you might say that, but I think when you see these things up close, like I guess kind of like what happened with Gennaro, like he seemed like he was not into it. But then once he saw it, he had this little twinkle in his eyes and he thought about all the money he could make. So there's there is that aspect. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, if I was Gennaro, I would have been like, OK, yeah, they've they've done it. But then at the same time, <laughs> still I have a to go idea. With the, yeah, I still have to go with the, the Ian Malcolm route. I'm like, yeah, we, we did it. Should we? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, I um. I broke down as much as I could uh, about, like, for instance, I kind of thought of it as if I was going to take a trip to Jurassic Park. What aspects would I look for? Um, what would I like to see? How would I get to place to place? And because I, I kind of compared it to like a trip to Disney World for me, because I come from New Jersey, so I have to take the uh, I have to fly there, and then once I get to the airport, I get picked up by the Magical Express, which then takes you to the park or to uh, to the hotel, and you check in and all that stuff. Then you get to the parks, 
And then there's all the aspects of getting around from park to park and all that different stuff. So I thought, why don't we look at Jurassic Park in those terms? If, you know, the movie events never happened, if, if Nedry didn't take down the park, we have yeah. to assume it would have went through. So what would have happened, I guess, in that case? Yeah, well, I mean, since we only had, like, the one park, I mean, yeah, we could still have the Magical Express, whatever, you know, as it were. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, with it being on the island, I I know we're going to talk about this one later on, but I think using the the boats, you know, the transportation from, like, the mainland to the islands like they did in uh, Jurassic World, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, something like that would definitely work. Um, And then... Since it's really only one park, I mean, getting around to, you know around it was a pretty big deal. So I think the you know the idea of the monorail, you know, going to the different sections of the park. Let's say there's like four or five different sections, so they could just have this all-encompassing monorail system that goes around to each of the sections of the park. You know, just drop it off and then uh, pick it up later on to go to the next one. Yeah, you know, I I think there's there's a lot at this park already. What we saw. But I think it's missing a ton of things oh, that yeah. you need for a theme park. Yeah. Actually, before we get too, too far, uh, I know you explained it last time we did the episode 35. We talked about um, the Univer- uh, Universal Studios and their Jurassic Park down there in Islands mm-hmm. Adventure. So just tell everybody again, like, kind of what's your history with theme parks? Oh, yeah. Um, so I basically worked at uh, Disney for like eight years, roughly. Um so I was working at uh, you know at the time it was uh, Disney's MGM Studios and now it's you know Hollywood Studios and then from here we don't know what, um, but so <laughs> yeah you know um, so I you know working in attractions and everything so I was working like rock and roller coaster so you know I, I've got the experience as far as like how rides are supposed to work but of course you've always got that situation where something may go wrong something is gonna you know something may. Uh, you know, cause a glitch in the system and then have the issues pop up. So, you know, you got to look at it from, uh, from that way. And then that kind of goes into the idea of, you know, like the, um, you know, situation where, you know, the, the tour breaks down and then, you know, the, the fences go down and then from there. But, uh, yeah, so with like the, the park, it's well, the, the area for Islands of Adventure and all, you know, you've got the, um, the river adventure ride, uh, which, you know, and even something like that could, uh, possibly happen where it's like, you've got the, um, Oh, I forgot what that dinosaur is. that pops out of the water. I mean, that's something that could have, you know, that could easily happen mm-hmm. if, you know, if something were to just like, what is this, you know, thing coming <laughs> towards me and then knocks you off course or something. So yeah. I would assume that they would have a contingency plan in place for that. Cause you know, you wouldn't want it to go into a building with, you know, raptors escaping and everything. But yeah, yeah, but, you know, they had their track, their single track and everything, but <laughs> I feel like they needed much more um, in terms of, uh, you know, structure and, and, and uh, stuff like that. Right. Um, let's actually, let's talk about real theme parks for a second before mm. we dive into this again. Um, you know, parks like Disneyland, Disney World, Universal, they all have issues. And take Orlando, for instance. It's, it's basically, uh, well... Narrowed down to Disney World, Disney World is is essentially a city. You know, yeah. it's it's giant, and I think I looked it up. It's something like forty square miles, which is the size of I guess San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, around somewhere around sixty two thousand people that that are employed there. So, 
And then you're talking about all the guests. So things are bound to happen. Things go wrong. And then you talk about the attractions themselves, you know, breakdowns and and just stuff in the park. So, you know, you're talking about a city. Things happen in cities and, you know, car accidents and and other deaths and stuff like that. But, you know, that's uh, that's that's what I'm talking about here. So we're talking about one tiny island versus a citywide theme park or something like that so both i think have the capacity for things to go wrong and even if it wasn't dinosaur outbreaks and and you know the the worst of the worst i think this park was doomed to fail you know from the start yeah oh yeah i mean and i i know you know looking at it from like the movie perspective there really wasn't that much you know that we saw i mean granted that you know that wouldn't really play into the the storyline for it but i mean we never really saw if there was like I don't know like a like a, a, a Publix or something like that that people go to if they're going to be staying like extended periods of time. <laughs> yeah, did they did they have like hotels on the uh, on the island originally? Was that part of the plan or was that something that came about later on for like Jurassic World? It's like it's tough to really you know know what the plan was originally because really the only thing we saw was like the visitor center and then this e ticket attraction, which was of course was the the tour, but there wasn't any indication of any other rides or anything like that that were being worked on. So is yeah. it like, you know, are we going to this island for like a day, you <laughs> know, and then and then we're done? Or are we staying, you know, planning like a two-day trip or what? So, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like you do get little tidbits of information in the background and different things like that. Like they do mention the Jungle River Cruise. So yeah. that's down the line. It's not just yet. There's right. also I, so we do have the island tour in the main vehicles. Um, you have the lab tour, which is it's it's not much. You know, it's basically Carousel of Progress in Tomorrowland. Yeah. So you're just going around in a circle around the labs and and the, that video screen and all that stuff. So that's that's I guess you can qualify that as another tour. Um, yeah, that's and, like a D ticket. So. Yeah, and if you count the you know there's other you know material like the um the telltale video game which is not really considered canon yeah. but but in that game in a different section of the park there's a, a roller coaster i think it's called bone shaker there's there's a marine facility with actually a mosasaurus in there mm-hmm. i think you know i think maybe I, I don't know if it was in the game or not you know or the book or whatever but they are, they talked about the aviary and stuff like that so there's all yeah. these aspects that we just didn't get to see and whether we can consider them canon or not i don't know so for the most part, I guess we just have to stick to what we saw, and that's just yeah. those the the island, you know, the the vehicle tour, the lab tour, and possibly a jungle river cruise down the line. Yeah. So, actually, I want to play one little clip. You know, everybody's heard it before, but it kind of introduces what we were just talking about and the possibility of getting guests. So, take a listen. None of these attractions are ready yet, of course, but the park will open with the basic tour you're about to take. And then other rides will come online six or 12 months after that. Absolutely spectacular design, spared no expense. And we can charge anything we want, 2,000 a day, 10,000 a day, and people will pay it. And then there's the merchandise. Donald, Donald, this park was not built to cater only for the super rich. Everyone in the world has the right to enjoy these animals. Sure, they will. What, we'll have a, a coupon day or something? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Gee, the lack of humility. So, see, so yeah, I just cut that off. But <laughs> it, 
Yeah, it's hilarious in the whole coupon day thing. And, and Donald's talking about charging 2000 to 10000 a day. Uh, that's kind of ridiculous, and I don't know anybody that can afford that aside from the super rich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the one thing is that, you know, you kind of look at it today where a lot of people are talking, especially with, like, Disney. I mean, <laughs> compared to what it, you know, what it used to be. I mean, you know, yeah. back in, you know, in the 70s when it was, like, 25 cents to get in, and now it's, like... People are saving like five and six years just to, you know, afford, you know, like a family of four for like one day. So it has, you know, it's definitely changed where it almost seems like it's being catered for the super rich. But uh, yeah, that they're kind of focusing on a single group. And it's basically like over $100 a day per park, you know, unless you're doing packages and different things. Mm -hmm. But it's a very expensive, you know, trip. And if you're going to talk about bringing people all the way to an island, so like you said before, you got to get them there via mm-hmm. a boat probably because I don't think they're going to take every every small group of maybe four people to <laughs> you know via a helicopter and then right. with jeeps. But th- who knows? I don't know how they really intended on it. I think the the east dock was for like the cargo and the workers and stuff like that. Yeah. And the north dock there was actually another one. I think that was for the visitors. But like we said, we don't really know too much. So we assume a cruise ship of some sort or a, uh, you know, a little, um, uh, what do you call it? It's just yeah, a smaller like a, boat, you know, a ferry, yeah, ferry. Yeah. Um, but then what is it? So we, then do we have those Jeeps? Are those Jeeps taking everybody around? We don't have the monorail yet. So the, yeah. we don't really know what to expect. So the infrastructure is not there yet, I don't think. Right. And they, yeah, obviously no. the park wasn't opening. They Like like Hammond said in that clip, uh, six to 12 months down the line, but they fully intended to open this park with just one attraction. Yeah. So, and knows? that's, yeah, I mean, that, that would have said something a lot for, you know, just for that and everything. Cause, uh, you know, I mean, I'll be completely honest. Like if I have the option of, you know, walking to the visitor center, it's like, Oh, Hey, it's like two miles. I'm like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> I have no problem walking through that, uh, you know, through that, uh, that open field where they have all the dinosaurs and they first, <laughs> yeah. you know, when they first introduce it, go for it. Let me walk in there. That's fine. But um, it's like, all right, yeah. get off the boat now. Walk right. two miles that way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, you, you basically do it when you go to Magic Kingdom. Anyways, yeah. you, you know, you're walking in from. The, I walk in from the parking lot. I'm not waiting on the trams, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what they would have. They would have like some sort of you know relatively long tram that can hold maybe like a hundred people per load, and then you know just take them along that route that they went through on that uh, through that field. To, you know, get a glimpse of the dinosaurs yeah. you know, right off the bat. But yeah, yeah, maybe maybe they would upgrade their vehicles, kind of like the ones in Jurassic World, like the bigger, uh, yeah. you know, like the safari trucks, and just yeah, exactly. take loads of people through the park. That would be a really cool aspect if yeah. they had done that. But but go. we don't know. So uh, the transportation aspect is a little vague, I think. You know, mm-hmm. so and, and like I said, the infrastructure is not there. So say for instance. You get off the boat and they drive you to the visitor center, I would assume, where you get set up and everything. There's really nothing even at the visitor center. There's no walkways. There's no sidewalks. There's yeah. nothing, there's like how do you get there aside from a jeep running over the track for the tour vehicle and yeah. just parking in front of the visitor center? And you know, even at that, there was no uh, like kiosks or anything in the visitor center. And, and I know they were still doing the construction, but. Uh, we have to assume they were opening, you know, in the next few months. 
Yeah. I mean, as far as, okay, so let's say that they have like a hotel there that, you know, that again, we don't know about. Yeah, where? Um, <laughs> yeah, where, first off. But I mean, you know, I would assume that with it being the visitor center and everything, they would have obviously like a, like a check-in and I would assume they would have like a self-check-in because that seems to be the, the thing these days. Yeah. Um, you know, but then, yeah, it's like, where do we go from here? Because we've got this one attraction that's probably leaving, what, like every every on the hour and then 30 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. So it's like, do we waste time in like the food court or do we waste time, <laughs> you know, buying all of this merchandise yeah. that you know, was astronomically priced? So yeah. there was a very small gift shop. There was the, the restaurant, um, yeah. which I don't know if it was a buffet style or they, they served you because it looked like it could have been both. There yeah. was like the buffet was out for some reason. Nobody knows yeah. why it was already, already out when the kids got back. <laughs> But, yeah, they're probably planning like a VIP. I guess, you know, yeah. Like I don't know, but yeah, but, you know. But yeah, there's not much even in the visitor center. There's like the lobby, the restaurant, gift shop, um, and then you have the lab tour. So I have to assume that that is one of the first things that you do. So you mm-hmm. come to this island, um, and then you you get introduced into how these things are made. So you right. get on, you get in the seats, and you and you sit there and watch the video. Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing is that now that I think about it, I really I'm kind of envisioning like the one the visitor center that they have at Islands of Adventure. That's what you've got at the park, you know, mm-hmm. on the on the actual island. It's yeah. just it's the visitor center. You walk in, you see all of that going on. Um, and then, uh, you know, they've uh, at the one at Islands of Adventure, they have different areas that you can kind of like interact with and kind of learn more about uh you know, like the the DNA sequences and kind of seeing like uh, like the eggs being moved around, things like that. So, sure, you can have that there and kind of have it like a waiting area before you go out on like the the main tour or on the you know the the rotating uh, ride. You know, whatever that ride's going to be called. But. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the thing is, in in a theme park, you have to you have to look at the capacity issues. And I don't really know how many people they intended to bring to this park because we only saw two tour vehicles, two. Two, possibly two jeeps and a helicopter so we have to i would assume that there's going to be a lot of people unless they are char- charging ten thousand a day and they only do small groups right but, but there needs to be some sort of capacity so you have to force people to go different places and yeah we don't really see too many places and actually i want to break it down for a second and talk about how rude of guests you know uh grant mm. ellie and and malcolm were Mm-hmm. at Jurassic Park mm-hmm. because the first thing they do is they get and they sit in this lab this lab tour and they break the ride mm-hmm. <laughs> they just literally just push the harnesses up and get up and walk wherever they feel like mm-hmm. so <laughs> i don't know if it's just bad um you know like lap bars or whatever they had on this vehicle but that's that's kind of rude <laughs> yeah well i mean you know you got to look at it uh, you know that i don't think john expected them to actually act like two-year-olds but i no. mean come on yeah can they you, do you, that you, yeah i mean i've i've seen that happen before i've seen it happen yeah plenty that's times, what i was going to ask the, you do you see yeah, that like from time to time from time to time i hate to say it but yeah those people actually do exist where it's like they'll you know they'll try to jump off the ride and everything i mean i've i've known it to happen at like you know it's a Pirates of the Caribbean. I've, I've, you know, I've seen people try to do stupid stuff at uh, at one of the other rides that I worked at and everything, and I'm just like, uh, don't. You know, it's just it's simple. It's like don't be stupid. It's uh, like yeah. you're here for a reason. But uh, 
you know, I mean, I know they're they're adults, but you know, if you got a kid that manages to you know squeeze out of one of those things, if it's kind of like Carousel of Progress, you know, where it goes from you know section to section, you end up getting trapped in one of those things. So, <laughs> but you know, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, I th- that's this is all part of the problem. Like they just didn't think. I don't think you know. So you're able to break through and just go wherever you want. And it's not it's not the only time they did it in the movie. So you have that lab tour. And uh, actually, speaking of Disney, too, I, I think I read in the past few months, somebody actually did that on, um, uh, what was it, a test track. I guess the ride, you know, paused or stopped or whatever. And they decided they wanted to get out and just pushed a lap bar up or got out, I guess, slid out. Oh, and then sure. walked out the well, side door or something and just, like, left. Right, well, I mean, yeah, because it's seat belts and everything that's on yeah, there. That's true. So, that, yeah, that's But no, but still, I mean, that's—I don't think I heard about that, but it doesn't surprise me in the least. In the least, that, that happened. Yeah, and you have that uh, good story of the of the person who went to go get a hat or something, right? Oh, with well, that—I mean, anyone can look at it. it's on—it's uh, on YouTube. It's like uh, something like a, a guy grabs hat from Jurassic Park water ride, and I mean, it's. It's this guy that, like, I guess lost his hat on the at the bottom of the drop and uh, just decided to walk over to the uh, the viewing area, jump in the water, go across the track and grab his hat. And then, you know, so, I mean, luckily, because I know in the video and everything, it shows like two seconds later, like a, a, a vehicle dropping down. And that's not going to happen because I'm I'm sure that that uh, that part of the track has sensors all over the place. And, mm-hmm. of course, they've got video cameras everywhere. So, you know. The ride would have been stopped. Nothing would have ever gone down that drop. But you know, in the event that he had jo- you know jumped in there while one was going down the ramp, then you oh, know that's bad news. No more person because there's no way to stop that thing. I I I guess I don't know if they have like a uh, you know like emergency brakes on that uh, on that drop, but I would assume not. So yeah, I don't know. You know, and if if they did, but, that would seriously hurt the people on the vehicle too. You yeah, know, you all of a sudden jerk forward. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I'm not going to go into complete details and everything, but I've been stopped on rock and roller coaster. Um, go, so you know how you go from, I'm going to be honest, at zero to fifty-eight in two point eight seconds. <laughs> um, reverse that by and just go in one second. So I went from fifty-eight to zero in one second. That's oh, not fun. God, that's that's not fun. So, so you know, imagine something you know like that happening, exactly, and it's yeah. just. You know, so there's always contingencies in place, but still, it's just, you know, it's like I said earlier, um, don't be stupid. Yeah, but that's the thing. you got to plan for stupidity. And in, in, yeah. in your case, um, the ride you've worked on, there's all kinds of safety precautions, right? Like, what, what are some mm-hmm. of the things, like, precautions and things that you guys have to go through? Oh, I mean, you know, like, checking everything. So, um, you know, the, um, with, like, most roller coasters and everything, uh, you know, you've got to go through the, the, the different areas to make sure that the brakes are working properly for it. You know, all the harnesses are working properly and everything like that. So, you know, because you don't want one to just, just, like, randomly open on itself. But, um, yeah. so, I mean, without going into too much detail, because, you know, I don't want to give away certain things. But, you know, there's always certain things that are in place to make sure that the vehicles are going from where they should be from like point A to point B with no issues. And if there is, then something's going to trigger like, Hey, look at this. Something's not right here. What do we do about it? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, and I, and that's, you know, tie that into the, uh, um, into the tour and all it's like when they opened up the doors, what happens? The vehicles automatically stop. So, you know, that was a contingency that they had in place. I mean, the, the 
locking mechanism should have been working, but <laughs> yeah, that's I, that's I absurd. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> expected, you know, like a couple of adults, you know, that are pretty intelligent to just be like, "There's a dinosaur out there. We're going to jump out of the car now." Yeah. So I mean, but, yeah. we we have to forgive them slightly because, like we keep saying, the park was not open and it was not right. done. So they didn't. Maybe they didn't put the locking mechanisms on yet. But in yeah. in the way it seems, it almost seems like they weren't going to do it because of the way. Uh, you know, uh, that that he brought it up that, that we need these locking mechanisms on the right. vehicle doors. Like, I told you. Like, right. you should have these. So it kind of had this aspect as if, like, they weren't going to do it. So yeah. I don't know if they're just – they're the stupid ones in this whole thing. I think they are because they just they just did it too quickly. That makes sense. Yeah. So it just – it seems like they, uh, they almost kind of cut corners on certain mm, things because yeah. – I mean, yeah, you've got all these electric fences and everything with the, uh, you know, with like the carnivores. But you, I mean, you don't really expect a, you know, a triceratops to, you know, go postal or anything. Of course, you know, it, it, you know, <laughs> it's not to say that it's, you know, it's not to say that it couldn't happen, but you know, it's less likely to happen. So, yeah. eh, what do we need, you know, locking doors for? So. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of safety checks. It seemed like it, the the, uh, yeah. the tour vehicles had the monitors inside. They had, yeah. obviously the video cameras uh, that you can knock on and, and uh, breathe on. Yep. Um, <laughs> so they had that stuff, um, but they just didn't fully implement everything yet. Um, right. And if we go back to that, that uh, I kind of tied in with the tour as well. But the the, the first tour of the lab, uh, let's talk about John Hammond for a second because he has to be at every one of these tours <laughs> how, yeah. how 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 good is that when the creator the the man behind everything so can you imagine in disney's case bob Iger, it goes to the park and has to voice the attraction every time well first off i don't <laughs> wish that on anybody um i'm but sorry that's I just, how uh, yeah, absurd I, it is you know yeah i know well i mean yeah, because that is a weird thing because it's like the way they have it set up and everything. At that point, you would need actors that look like John Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. To, well, yeah to, they'd have to film a new know. segment, you know. That's exactly. all. Exactly. Or, you know, in this case with um, like the, the new King Kong thing that just opened up at Universal, they've got five different characters, you know. So you could have like a lab technician. You could have a, um, you know, like a Muldoon uh, type character, you know, there to talk about it. You know, you've got those, these different options just in mm-hmm. case you don't want to have like, you know, John every single time. But yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's impractical because they, they had these different aspects. So John has to stand there, do the right. routine. And then I guess go along the entire tour with them. If that, that's the yeah. plan. I don't really, well, I don't know since they cut thing. it short. Yeah. And this is another thing is that like you look at it, what if something happens where let's say that we have an actor and, you know, the John that's on the screen is like, John, that hurt. Well, th- how did that hurt? Because there's no one here. You kind of <laughs> look at it. Well, it, the way that I look at it and everything is that uh, you look at like Rock and Roller Coaster where you have Joe Perry. It's like Chris, can you grab my black Les Paul? Originally, um, that area actually had a cast member in there that was working for the record company that would actually turn to the screen, acknowledge him, grab an actual Les Paul from the, uh, that they let the uh, the attraction borrow mm-hmm. and then get, you know take it in the back and then you would actually see one of the uh, the road crew members take it out to the car but huh. now it's just like all right where's this Chris guy is he you know because they never use the uh, the the position anymore so oh really okay yeah no it, it's weird I mean maybe like on like on holidays when it's like really busy and they have the staffing for it but for the most part and everything, that's the reason why it's like whenever you look at it, he's like, who are you talking to? There's no one in there. 
So, you know, that yeah. would be another thing. It's like, so, what are we going to do with that? Yeah. So, yeah. so, like you said, John's saying this all to himself. Ooh, John, that hurt. And he's like, hello, yeah. John. Hello. Hello, John. Like, just all right. to himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there's, there's not that actual live actor there to no, yeah. initiate the whole, you know, uh, pinprick thing to get the DNA going. Yeah, it's it's just impractical. And then moving on to the the actual island tour, um, I don't know. You know, I guess he didn't have to be there, but but Hammond was there saying the voice you are hearing is Richard Kiley. You know, like yeah. So somebody could have done it because obviously it was a voice manipulator of some sort. But yeah. to actually to actually have somebody in a position in a visit or in the uh, you know the uh, the control center, I guess, doing that spiel every time is a little impractical. Yeah, well, I think probably of that that spiel, you know, the the voice you're now hearing thing. I'm pretty sure they probably would have put that on like a recording loop. I You'd think, think they so. were. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, well, I mean, you know, for now and everything. Again, we've got adults that are acting like children and running off. But I mean, you know, John was so eccentric as it was that you know he would do, he would be someone that would actually you know put his own voice in there just to you know. Yeah, hear himself be heard over the stuff that he's got going on. Well, so. he did say, "I have to be here for the birth of every single creature in this park." You know, so good luck on that. Uh, yeah, exactly. So he would, I could hear him saying that same thing. Like, I have to be for every lab tour, every island tour. I have to do it. Yeah, this is my job. You know, the, yep. the construction's done. Everything's done. I already paid for everything. Let me at least do this. Yeah, I think so he just started. Getting, he was bored. So yeah. I mean, I you know, I guess if you take like Walt Disney for instance, would he have done something like that? Would he have stood in an attraction and, and done that? Possibly. Oh, definitely. Possibly, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, because they always talk about stories how Walt was like, you know, even after the park had opened, what was he doing? He was walking around mm-hmm. the parks on like a daily basis, making sure that everything was working. So, yeah. John totally would do something like that. Yeah. Um, it's just the problem is though is that he can't be in everywhere at the same place, you know, at the same time type thing. So. I'm sure he would probably end up having some sort of, you know, uh, like team, something like that that could, you know, be around in the, in the different areas of the park. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So, so as as we talk about at Walt Disney for a second, why don't we drop over to Disneyland because in the movie, you know, they're having issues and and things are are not working right. And, and John even mentions that Disneyland had issues when it opened in 1955. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Prompting, you know, Malcolm to say his famous line with Pirates of the Caribbean. So talking about Disneyland, let's uh, bring up the first few weeks of of that park. And I don't know if, if you're, too, you're, too, you're probably familiar with it, but maybe everybody else is not. There was a lot of issues with the opening of that park. There was a lot of issues on opening day. Yeah, um, yes, yes. Yeah, you know, that I mean, first day and the first few weeks alone, like we're like yeah. reading up on it. It sounds like an absolute nightmare. Well, I mean, first off, the, the the biggest thing that they had problems with was uh, people that were, uh, you know, forfeiting the the tickets and everything, like the the invitations to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that, there that weren't supposed to be there. But then yeah, you look at the fact that Main Street, um, <laughs> like Main Street and all that stuff, like the asphalt, it was so hot it started melting. So you've got uh-huh. <laughs> you've got everyone, you know, the, everyone that's working on like the crew team trying to run out into the street to grab all of like these, uh, you know, these uh, these high heels. <laughs> from the women that are getting stuck in the asphalt because it's it's starting to melt. So yeah, talk I, about a high heel like controversy. <laughs> yeah, I try to run in that, but yeah. um, that's you know, yeah, serious so, stuff. Yeah, like people. Yeah. This is like 
you know, you're ruining people's first day at a park, which it could be disastrous, you know, but it turned out to be okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, honestly, it's like every single ride could have broken down and basically people did. still <laughs> would have seen it. Yeah, well, I mean, people still would have seen it as a complete success because it was Walt Disney doing something. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, at that point, it kind of seems to me it's like at that time, they couldn't do anything wrong. Yeah, but, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, but we look at something with like Jurassic Park where it's something that's brand new. Sure, it's live dinosaurs, but had that happened with, uh, you know, with Jurassic Park, uh, they'd probably still be doing, you know, uh, some some cleanup from it. You know, like uh, uh, public relations, Mm -hmm. you know, for a good long while for it. Yeah. Well, back in Disneyland, like you said, there was the the melting asphalt. There was counterfeit tickets. There was a lot of ride closures. Um, there was a stagecoach ride that apparently kept flipping mm. because of the capacity, so they mm-hmm. ended up closing that. I read that a, a tiger and a panther broke out of a parade, so sure. that sounds a little crazy. Um, the ride Autopia was there was no track initially, so all the cars were were wrecked, like basically in the first week. Oh, that makes um, sense. They had a riverboat that that kind of sunk a little bit. There was gas leaks, and they had to decide between. Uh, their plumbing issues, whether they were going to, you know, feed water <laughs> fountains or use toilets. They yeah. also ran out of food and drinks. So there was there was a lot of issues. So, you know, John maybe is is not comparing it correctly, but he he, he is making a decent comparison, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean. And that, that's true. I mean, of course, at that point, everything, when he says that line, it's like, you know, everything has gone, you know, gone in the handbasket. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, things are already really bad. Yeah. So, but I mean, had that happened to, you know, to Jurassic Park and everything, you know, I, you know, you're, you're stuck on an island, which I don't know. I haven't done the math. I don't know how long it would take to get from, you know, from, let's say from like Costa Rica to the island. Um, but I mean, you could be looking at some pretty potential, you know, disastrous situations where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, all the food's gone, all of the, you know, the the the, uh, the the plumbing is having issues and everything. So what do we do now? You're going to have to try to get people off the island somehow, but uh, or you know, fix it however you can. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, again, uh, public relations nightmare waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, talking about Costa Rica, I, I looked up. The, the weather patterns and, and different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be good to compare it to um, Florida because John did say, like, oh, you know, why didn't I build in Orlando? Um, he makes that little passing comment. Yep. So you're very close, obviously. You are in Florida, very close to the parks. So you, mm-hmm. you are right in there with the weather. You know, how is it? Obviously, these, these parks function perfectly fine. Sure. Um, but you come into contact with some pretty bad weather. Oh yeah, I mean, I was working at uh, at Disney during uh, the um, Hurricane Charlie, oh. uh, and that that was fun. I mean, because that they they basically they made the decision almost a day in advance that uh, you know the parks just it's like we're we're not opening because it's you know it's going to be too dangerous. So um, you know, I think that would have to be something that they would definitely want to take into consideration, especially being on the island. It's like okay, we've got this hurricane that's coming towards us. We know it's going to do a bit of damage and everything. What do we, you know, what do we do? Of course, you've got all the people that are staying at the hotels at Disney at that point. Um, but, you know, and they were doing the best they could to keep, you know, like the kids entertained and uh, have things that people could do that were safe while the storm was hitting. Um, 
and I think they would have to do something the same way with, uh, you know, at, uh, at Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even keep like the visitor center open, depending on how close it was to the the you know the, the hotel if there is one. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, but yeah, that that's definitely a big thing because uh, you know I know when you were down here we didn't really have that that big of a change in weather, but man, during yeah. the summer here. You know, we we talk about the three o'clock storms, and just because we say three o'clock, it doesn't necessarily mean it's you know it won't start at uh, you know like eleven a.m. So it's always something that's that's changing. It happens. You know? Yeah, uh, it's always consistently changing and everything. But we've had some really bad storms over the past couple of days, and just you know, I, I see a lot of people at the parks that just aren't prepared for it. Um, so I think that's another thing that the park would have to take into consideration, especially being on an island. Is you know. Where are we going to put these people while they're while they're at the park or on the tour? You know, not anywhere near the visitor center where we can get them to safety. So mm-hmm. I, I would assume that maybe for like the tour they would have like a uh, like an off branch or something like that that they could take them to and get them into uh, you know like a building that's able to withstand like the hurricane force winds things like that. So yeah, you'd hope. I mean. Yeah, they better. As far as right. we know, yeah, I'm not sure, but but there, yeah, there. I guess there's a bunker in the in the visitor center they went into, um, yeah. but I don't think that's for guests. So that's that's a problem no. there. But well, and and that's the thing is that like in in the event that something happens at the park where you know um, at Disney, if like if there's like a, a tornado that hits or something like that, if if it ends up being that situation, they do have plans in place where they can okay. get people to safety. So I would think that you know that that uh, the Jurassic Park would have something. Yeah, even taking them into that um, was it when they're coming into the uh, uh, the T Rex paddock. But it seems like they're coming in from a like a tunnel. Yeah, yeah the tunnel. So they could easily just back the cars into that. You yeah, know, and yeah. It, you know, at least give some sort of safety. Good, for it, that's so. their only plan. They're like, well, we don't have any infrastructure, but we'll back them into this tunnel. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's, it yeah. works. <laughs> it works. Why not? So. I mean, the tour it had all kinds of problems to begin with. So <laughs> the rain is the least of their worries, I guess. But yeah, I was no. looking up um, like what the weather is down there. Uh, I looked up Costa Rica because it's off, you know, Costa Rica, those islands, apparently. So it, it actually is rarely affected by hurricanes. Now, there is, like, uh, you know, a, a rainy season, which is sure. apparently from May to November. But it's not – it doesn't sound too, too bad. I mean, personally, I don't know. I've never been there. But it right. doesn't really even sound as, as frequent or as probable as Florida. And, and Florida is right in line for hurricane season, yeah. which is, a very, like, a pretty long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest here and everything. Uh, we actually – we never experience winter. Um, mm-hmm. we actually have, uh, like summer for about seven months out of the year. And then the rest of it is just hurricane season. <laughs> okay. So there, there's no in between, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never been to Costa Rica myself either, so I don't know. I mean, you know, sure. They probably get like the heavy rains that last for, you know, like 10, 15 minutes and then it's over with. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, run for the hills, you know, go back yeah. to your hotel or just wait it out and, you know, yeah. go about your day. So. Well, there's also the issue of the no-show dinosaurs and stuff like that. So if you're out there stuck in the rain, are you really going to see all these dinosaurs? I mean, I guess that is when the T-Rex came out. So I guess it worked in in their favor at that point. But uh, I don't know about the other dinosaurs. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to put him in like a top hat with a you know an umbrella and have him you know <laughs> tap dancing. At the, I don't know. You know, yeah. that's the thing is that you know again we're we're dealing with creatures that you know that we haven't seen in again sixty five million years. 
what do they do? I mean, are, you know, are they are they going to be the ones that are actually like, yeah, whatever, or are they going to run, you know, run and find cover? So, um, yeah, I guess you could honestly you can kind of look at it from like a Animal Kingdom's uh, standpoint. It's like I've seen it plenty of times where I've gotten stuck on the uh, Kilimanjaro Safari where some of the animals are like, eh, it's water. And then there's other ones that are just like, nope, I'm done with this. I'm going away. I'm going to go find a place to hide. So, yeah, I think it would be kind of like a hit and miss, you know, just continue the tour and then maybe, you know, give them like a, like a re-entry pass or something like that, yeah. if, you know, if they didn't see anything. so Because they've got ways of monitoring where, you know, if the, the dinosaurs are there or not, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, so if you don't see anything, great, you know, do some sort of a... Uh, uh, recovery on it. It's like, all right, so you know, come back when it's not raining and everything, and then we'll get you in again, something like yeah. that. Well, also, you have the problem of the Rex doesn't want to be fed; it wants to hunt, and that goat did stand there for quite a while. <laughs> it just well, the stood there, are, so <laughs> didn't even try to run or anything. He just deserved well, it. Well, he was so. chained up. What do you? What is he going to do? He couldn't do anything. So yeah, but he, he could uh, have got. I guess that, yeah, he that, could have wrangled his way out. Yeah, yeah. That that, that chain wasn't holding him back, so he just <laughs> gave up. So now. If we talk about park problems, which we, we have been basically this whole time, we sure. have you know guests breaking out of tour vehicles now. They're, they're, they're in the vehicle. The locking mechanisms obviously aren't doing anything. And they basically just stroll their way into a Triceratops paddock. So it had to have been easy to get in there. So they just like got through the fence, which was should have been electrified at that moment if, if – if the Triceratops paddock had electrified fence, maybe not the giant tall ones, but a smaller one, I guess. But uh, yeah. I don't know how they got in there. But um, but that's well, a problem. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, I was going to say that's the thing is that I mean, you know, in the movie we never see you know like a smaller fence in the the Triceratops area. So are these things like free roaming? You know, kind of like you know, like in Africa because it's like well, it's you know they're not really that dangerous you know unless you yeah. you know take them off somehow. But yeah, you know, I mean. Again, I know we talk about having these big giant fences and everything that have the lights on them that have the signs, you know, 10,000 volts. There's going to be that one person that's going to be like, oh, I'm going to poke it with a stick. So, <laughs> you know, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that they would have some sort of, uh, you know, contingent, contingency plan in place where, uh, you know, maybe have the, the fences up just a little bit higher, you know, beyond what a typical person would be able to jump up and get. Mm-hmm. But well, because that wouldn't, you know, then uh, I guess it would work for like the T Rex. But if you're talking about like a Triceratops, if you have it, you know, too high and everything, you won't be able to see them. So I, you know, I really don't know how they would be able to pull that off. Because um, again, you know, if you if you provoke something, you know, good enough, then it will charge. So yeah, yeah you know? exactly. I mean, and that's something I don't know. Actually, maybe you can fill me in here. Um, when you, when it comes to the Kilimanjaro safaris at Disney, uh, yeah. is there anything separating you between animals? Is there? There's rhinoceros in there, right? Yeah. So is yeah, there anything separating you? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, you know, that's the reason why they have the vehicles up so high and everything. So that way, just in the event that one of them, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, I think it's the because they have a family of white rhinos, I believe, that are you know that are free roaming. Um, and I've never heard of one like you know getting provoked and uh, charging the vehicles, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's happened though. Um, but no, there's nothing to you know to that's keeping you from them. They have di- you know different ways of keeping uh, the the animals from getting into different enclosures, things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I mean you could stick your hand out if you want, and 
and you know and touch it. I mean, it'd be a stupid idea, <laughs> but you know. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, I you know I got as close to Jurassic Park as possible when I went to Africa last year around this time actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, you know, big tour vehicles. They weren't, like, uh, enclosed, really. It was an open-air vehicle. It was mm-hmm. kind of a tiered vehicle, so you could have a good view no matter what spot you're sitting in. Sure. Um, and we got right up in close with all these animals. And I'm talking about, you know, uh, rhinoceros, lions. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, like, what was it? Um, I don't know, all kinds of different cat different variations coming mm-hmm. very close to your vehicle and one of them like passed right underneath us and 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 you're really terrified in that moment <laughs> like you're like any moment this thing could jump up and attack yep. so yep. and then you have to worry like you've said about uh, you know rhino just you know gets angry and it wants yeah. to charge so you got to you got to be careful about all that stuff but it's yeah. it's it's terrifying too you know yeah. you're in that well, situation I- and I, I think, yeah, I mean, in, in your situation, when you were there in Africa, I think it's a lot different. You know, sure, they're going to have, you know, contingencies in place where if, like, a you know a lion decides to, you know, attack a vehicle or something, they've got something there. But, yeah, it's I just mean, that's one not gonna... rifle. That was it. That was the yeah, contingency well, plan. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that, that uh, you know, you look at Disney and everything, they've got the, you know, the, uh, the, the lions, you know, they're on that, uh, that mm-hmm. outcropping, but then there's a giant, you know, uh, uh, separation that you can't really see you know it's there and everything so you mm-hmm. know but then there's also a couple of uh you know other things that they have in place just in the event that one of them was like no i'm done here and then you know decides to go on tour somewhere but you know so it's 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 very unlikely that it would happen but yeah you know you've got to have these things in place especially for like jurassic park you know you get a gallant minus that gets on the loose and jumps on top of the car you know <laughs> what are, what are you gonna do so yeah yeah you know? i don't know if they they thought that far you know i just don't think they did no uh, but it, it all could have happened and and if you if yeah. you have no locks and people can just stroll right into a triceratops paddock like that's not good Mm-mm. And, uh, you know, they were cavalier about it. They just strolled right in there. And to be honest, I don't think Grant really even knew what he saw, you know, because he kind of was like sat up and he's like, what's what's going on over there? I see a Jeep, but you couldn't really yeah. make out too much else. Yeah. And then he got up close and he realized, you know, what he's looking at. Yeah. This isn't a giant rock. It's a, it's a living <laughs> creature. So, yeah. <laughs> um, or Jeff Goldblum's chest. One of the two. I don't know. One of the two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you know that, that that's definitely the thing is that you know there's always there's always a safety precaution that's behind the safety precaution that is you know has a contingency plan in place where if these two things fail then something else should kick in and if that third one doesn't work then you know we're we're out of luck. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and like we keep saying, I think um, people's stupidity is the the biggest problem because of uh, you know the ones who do decide to get out of the vehicle in the first place. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. We we see a lot of um, employees and stuff at at uh, Jurassic Park. There's there's quite a few lab technicians. There's all the guys. Uh, there's the guy like flying the helicopter, driving the jeeps. Um, there's a lot of construction workers. And if you go all the way, actually even back to the very beginning, there's a lot of I don't know what you'd call them uh, security crew. It seems like that are handling that that Raptor transfer from yeah. oh, uh, you yeah. know, a, a small container to the pen. Yeah. Um, and even that Raptor pen, it's not meant to be a viewing platform of any sort. So it, right. it's just an enclosure to hold them uh, for the time being. I think I couldn't 
exactly make it out. I, I'd have to listen very closely. But John does say something about them creating a viewing platform in the future. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's all these little little things that you have to really, really listen for because um, I don't know what it is. Maybe Steven Spielberg has this affinity for like having sets of people talk at once. So you, you're really trying yeah. to focus in on what people are saying. So over here you have Grant and Muldoon talking, but then over here you have Ellie and Hammond talking almost at similar volumes. So you don't really know who to pay attention to. So if right. anybody's watching, go back and watch that scene because he does say some little things. And then back in the, the lunchroom scene, he, John is talking like I played before. He's talking in the back through like the presentation. You can hear him talking about the different aspects of the, the park as it goes on. Um, so you got to really pay attention to things like that to get these world-building aspects. Yeah, definitely. But like I said, there's there's quite a few employees, it seems like. And one of my questions is, since we didn't see any hotels or anything, uh, are we to assume, I guess, you know, if you, if you pay attention, you hear um, Ray Arnold kind of tell the guests the dock you know get to the dock 1800 i think he says like 1800 hours or something like that um so that means that they were initially before this storm even showed up out of nowhere apparently right yeah they already had to get off the island so is this a you think this is a daily routine that they have to wake up go to the island then leave the island after work so <laughs> essentially it's just nobody staying there I hope not. I honestly, with a you know, with a situation like that for that park, I would, I would assume that even though there you know there's not really a hotel, that maybe like uh, uh, like crew living quarters. So what you've you got. Let, you, let, I mean, let's say you know, because really, uh, I'm going to look at Disney and everything. There's basically like three different shifts. You got like first, second, and third shift. So. You know, maybe they do it like by the week, something like that. So you've got you know like. Uh, you, you have like one crew that's working, let's say like like Monday, Wednesday, you know, Friday, something like that, and then you've got like the second group that's working on like Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, something like that. Mm -hmm. So you know, you get done with like group one, they ship out on the boat while group three is coming in, and then they just kind of rotate through. If if that makes any kind yeah. of sense, you know. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, no, doing that on a daily basis and everything, first off, you've got a lot of people that are living on, uh, on, I would assume like Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you've got a lot of people that are, you know, shipping in, they would have to do it maybe like, you know, like two or three hours before their shift would start. And then, you know, <laughs> oh so I would assume that they've got some sort of like living quarters on the you'd island. Hope. Oh, I yeah. It doesn't seem likely, but you'd hope, but you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe it's just one of those aspects that wasn't prepared yet, and pre-opening, they're forcing everybody to get off the island, stay in the you know the hotel on the uh, on mainland. Yeah, but I you know we don't really know, and right. I think uh, the employee, uh, specifically Nedry, is the problem that this park fell first off. You know, I mean, yes, like we've been talking about, it probably wouldn't have worked anyway. But mm -hmm. Nedry, we're talking about one employee that took it down from the inside. So that's that's also a problem. There's really no checks for the employees as well. Because once yeah. he once he caused an issue, there was no turning back aside yeah. from restarting everything. Not even, you know, a key engineer in, in like, you know, uh, Ray Arnold couldn't fix the situation. Yeah. Well, I honestly, I mean, you know, as, as fun as it is to make fun of Nedry and everything, um, 
that that guy wouldn't have been able to pull it off by himself. I, you know, I the mm-hmm. the program or whatever it was. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's something that uh, the dogson might have uh, given him to like load into the computer without them knowing it. You know, <laughs> have it sitting there looking like a you know like some sort of program that they're working on for some attraction to come on later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, for that to happen for just for just one person to bring it down that that's not something that's going to easily happen. Um, yeah, you wouldn't think. You know? I mean, do in your case, is there any situations where like you had you know bad employees you know around you or in the parks, or you hear any stories like that? Oh, I mean, really, the only things that ever come out and all stuff is you know people like stealing money from you know from the the company and things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I I never personally heard about anything like that. But then again, that's something that would be kept under wraps just because yeah, you know right. you, you you wouldn't want it getting out and everything like that. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, the, what, what are the headlines going to, you know, going to say guy with butterfingers brings down, you know, <laughs> you know, new potential park, things like that. So, uh, you know, that yeah, just made I me mean, laugh so hard that I, just, my headphones flew off my head. <laughs> <laughs> guy with uh, butterfingers. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. Yeah. Butterfingers and Barbasol can. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, where are you going but, with that thing? That bar? Are you going to go shave right now, Nedry? Like, uh, I thought you were yeah, getting right? a, a soda for somebody. Like, what? You're yeah. shaving now? It's soda an opportune moment to start shaving. Uh, yeah. It's a little weird. Yeah. But. So, anyways, yeah, you know, um, I mean, sure, in this case, anything is possible. But, uh, you know, if, if you're going to bring it, it's going to take more than just one person to bring down a park. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's there's not a lot of checks in place and and. Uh, no, I guess it, because a lot of the, the the employees did get shipped out already. I mean, not they didn't leave no. yet, but they were going towards the boat, um, which Nedry had no clue where the boat was. Apparently, mm-hmm. like you'd think, like he he was there for for a while, like already. And yeah. you you'd think like, all right, he planned this route out, and he's not just going to rely on a, a, on a sign, is he? No, like, to, to judge mean- where he's going. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at it and everything. It's like he's doing this this weird, you know, contortionist thing where he's starting a stopwatch and starting the program at the same time. So <laughs> yeah. this, this guy, this guy clearly had a plan in place for at least a couple of weeks, but yeah. uh, you know, obviously it didn't go to plan. But still, I just, you know, yeah. I mean, with the whole security thing, I mean, how did if he was? We don't know, you know, if he was always just like a complete idiot and always had this in mind. So, you know, what kind of background checks are in place for that? Because, you know, every park has background checks. So, you know, yeah. how did how did he manage to get through? Was this something that they just kind of overlooked because of how good he was with computers? I you know, right. yeah, I think that's you it. You know, something like that. So, or was it just was it just a, a money thing that was, you know, that was just yeah. too good to pass up? So, because we don't really know exactly how much he was going to be getting out of this so i mean you know for a million dollars yeah 1.5 million potentially at least yeah he probably would have had a job on the other side as well you know lined up yeah exactly so you know you know the 1.5 you know million to start and everything however much on delivery and then hey here's a you know a a seat on the board for you with you know know, with (laughs) our group you know something like that Uh so yeah, I mean that would that would definitely bring any, you know anybody into into question for it, but um, you know. Yeah, I you know <laughs> I I don't know. It's it's tough to say what else would have happened, and if this park would have succeeded without him, you know, taking it down. Um, but really, you know, I I think we've looked at so many aspects of this. Is there is there anything else that we're missing? Do do you think there's 
parts of this park that were were missing? Um, not really. I just I think another thing would be um, again with like the 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 fences and everything. I mean, because I know it's like it was the program that Nedry had that took it down, but you'd figure that they would have a contingency place, you know, for that, for if one of the fences did go down mm-hmm. for, you know, there's a power failure or something like that. Yeah. You gotta have, you gotta have more than just one fence in place for the, you know, for something like the T-Rex or, or even the, the Raptors, you know, something like that. So they, they yeah, definitely well, that's, had a, a, you know, a lot of work to do. So well, that's the thing. Like if, if Pirates of the Caribbean goes down, Haunted oh, Mansion is. is still on, you know, it still works. So right. if you can't do one ride, you go to, you go somewhere else, you go do something else. In this park, if one thing goes wrong, the whole park is screwed. Like yep. it's just it's it's all terrible and it's all it's, downhill. Like the fences go out, everything's wrong. The the tr- the cars stop. There's like you said, there's no contingency plan in place. Like there's no, I mean, there's no backups. There should be like separate backups for the the fences that yep. they're on a different circuit. They're on a different right. breaker completely. If somebody goes and flips the switch over here, it's not going to turn off these. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah, and then to bring it back online, we've got to you know go dancing through the forest and everything with a couple <laughs> of raptors on our back too. What was that about? I mean, really? I mean, I know you know I know as far as the movie is concerned, it added the you know that that suspense, but that's just again that's another thing that just doesn't make any sense for the entire park to come back online. We have to go you know however cut through the woods, cut and, through the yeah. woods away from the visitor center. Oh, you have all that stuff right there in the command center, Why you know, ready to go. There? <laughs> down the stairs around the corner take the monorail over to it (laughs) anyways yeah it uh, it makes no sense and and you'd think you'd have a more competent like he seemed like he was you know a big deal uh you know robert muldoon he's big deal he's hunted you know game in africa he's he's done all this stuff but you know he makes a serious mistake and and i don't know is that a guy you want on your team like a guy uh, that I just mean, says clever girl and lets himself get attacked. Done. I well, I mean, at the same time, he sure he's done like all of these hunts and everything. But I mean, and I'm I'm not an expert by any means, but I don't know of that many animals that you know that do hunt like that. So because you mm-hmm. can remember, we're talking about a pretty intelligent creature that you know that they've set up as far as the movie is concerned. So you know to have that thing there, I would be like, well, this is it because I don't know what to do. I can try to turn my gun in that split second and see if I can, you know, maybe wound it or kill it. But that, that happened pretty quick. Yeah. So. It's like, I can turn the gun and try to shoot or I can go out like with a sweet quote. You yeah. Know, like one that people will remember. <laughs> yeah. And then gets turned into a cover girl. And uh, he screams uh, for quite a while. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you've got a six foot Turkey on, you know, on top of you, you know, it probably weighs about, you know, a few hundred pounds and it is killing you. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's all, who knows? It's, it's all weird. But if we, if we turn the cheek and, and, and find out what's wrong with this park, I think it really narrows down to, to John Hammond himself. And he's a little delusional. If you ask me, I, you know, some people don't say so. I think he is quite delusional and it narrows it down because when he says Nedry, like he says, Nedry was the mistake here. We, we should have never hired mm-hmm. him, but it's more than that. And it, and he says, next time it'll be flawless. Next time. He's already talking about next time, next time. in right. the moment that his grandchildren and Grant are out missing and people are already dead. And right. so he's, he's already talking and- about next time. Yeah, and this is the thing is that like I I know a lot of people that I talk to. Unfortunately, it's either the, it's been so long or they never have read the book. But in the book, 
Hammond is a bit of a jerk, like more <laughs> so than uh, you know than uh, than what he is in the movie, where he's kind of this, this you know this caring grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, in in that moment when he says next time it'll be you know it'll be flawless, that's the Hammond that I know you know from the book and everything. That's the one that I kind of wanted to see. But yeah, it's like, dude, you've got to get yourself out of this mess that you've got right now before you start thinking about the next time. So mm-hmm. you know. Worry about San Diego later on. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, exactly. That's his problem. He is mm-hmm. he is too self centered. He's he's just you know I don't think he's fit to run a theme park. I don't think he's there no. yet. And, no, and uh, you know he's obviously delusional. I think it's clear. Yeah, it's it's the the, the delusion of of grandeur if you want to go that way. Um, but you know, at the same time, like eccentric and ready and willing to do things, kind of like Eisner was back in the '90s, you know, with, uh, yeah. with the, you know something like that. Because <laughs> yeah, you know, but that that's that's a totally different story. But you know, <laughs> I yeah, I think he was so focused on making sure that it you know that it was ready to go despite any of the flaws that were there. And then when it happened, he's like, "Well, I've screwed up. Uh, I'm going to try again and not worry about what's going on right now." So yeah, you know. Well- as far as that goes, I think it it all narrows down to him. He's the problem. Mm. He's the reason everything doesn't work. He, you know, I could see him kind of being controlling in that aspect where, you know, uh, we don't need to worry about the door locks right now. We don't need to worry about that stuff. Let's yeah. just get this done. So I think it all falls on him. He's he's a bit delusional, and I don't think think he really knows what he wants. So I uh, I think we've really you know wrapped it up, and I, I don't know. There's not much more I can say about this, but I did reach out. Um, to people online, and I have I have one response here from Twitter. Let's take a look. Uh, let's see. This one is from from Pierce Johnson on Twitter, and he says uh, that he's with Grant Sattler and Malcolm, and he's firmly against the park. I guess you know he doesn't think it's a good idea. So that's there. I have another. I have two more. Let's see from Instagram. This one is, I believe, Chewy underscore AICM. It says, the only thing that sucks is that it's on an island and I'm far from here. This makes sense considering the attractions. I'd go, I'd go there for sure. I'd pay up to 3000 a week at Jurassic World, um, but I don't know about having an annual pass. And like I've said before, I wouldn't mind dying there. <laughs> I'd take the risk. <laughs> Oof. All right. I guess I, guess I kind of side with him there. You know, like... Uh, there was a lot of people talking about the park in general and, and would people, for instance, go to Jurassic World after all the events that have already happened? You know, so after this park catastrophe, after San Diego, would people go to see dinosaurs again? And I think I think they would. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think people are just naturally curious. And, and my best um, interpretation of this is, is when you so – some people, you know, when you drive past a, a car accident – you can't yeah. help but stare, you know, yeah. like you, a lot of people, that's where rubbernecking came from. You know, you, you're turning mm-hmm. your neck, you're looking at this, this accident next to you and you can't help it. You're just drawn yeah. in and you continue driving and then you still drive after that. And then the next accident, you'll do it again. It's just, yep. it's just natural. So I think people would still be into this and, and people would take that risk, uh, you know, and the chance of possibly dying in the park. So oh, I think they're all yeah. aware of it. Yeah, well, you know, having an annual pass at a place like this, you know, if you're talking two to ten thousand a day, I don't think anybody's going to pay for that. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, yep. So, but you know, I I pulled up the uh, the Instagram thing. I think that the the next one is actually going to be really good, kind of spot on for what we're talking about. Exactly, this one uh, perfectly underscore in perfect eighty seven. Jurassic Park was doomed from the start. Hammond was relying on the state of the art uh, technology for the time to build the park, but had uh, had no idea the strengths and capabilities of the animals or technology. It's a big problem that there was no actual failsafe to prevent the fences from falling or failing. Uh, the computer systems had so many errors that the fences failing was inevitable, um, even without the help of Nedry's tampering. Animals like Rexy and the raptors were never meant to be caged. Life finds a way. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that summed up everything that we said. Really, I because was, uh, yeah, I was basically going to say they just said in basically one paragraph what it took us an hour to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we should uh, have this person on next time. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, but yeah, no, totally. I mean, they, you know, right there. So. It's it was inevitable. It, that's it's yeah. clear, you know. And and they don't like to be caged. They don't like to be fed. And obviously, the raptors were testing their limits, and they were smart. Yep. And uh, they were trying to find the, the weak spots. Yep, exactly. So, so they probably would have done it no matter what. And look at that uh, that cattle thing. You know, when they lowered it in there, that thing was torn to shreds. But, you know, eventually that thing would have learned to grab hold and then mm-hmm. get pulled up or do something along those lines. So eventually they, they would have gotten out, I think. Um but yeah, got this, this, yeah, I've got this image now of that raptor just riding up on yeah, top of exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, just, ah, just <laughs> hanging on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the, the, the technician who's like operating the crane is just literally not paying any attention. He's just like maneuvering the joystick like, uh, I'm so tired. I want to go home. <laughs> playing Pokemon Go. Um, different story. Anyways. Uh, no, okay. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and uh, honestly, and that, you know, ooh, you know what? Now that I think about it, that's another thing is that if the park had opened on time and uh, you know nothing had gone wrong, they get into like this uh, this momentum where it's just like a muscle memory thing. It's like what happens, you know, if the events that happened don't happen at the beginning, but later on, maybe let's say like a year into the into the park being open, and then it's just oh wait, what do we do now? Uh, okay, hold on, I've got this. <laughs> Maybe, but just in case, I'm going to run away now. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. exactly. I think I think in a park like this, people are going to abandon their posts pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're if you're in Disney or Universal, you know, there's a lot of plans in place, and and nothing too too drastic probably happen. It's it's going to be okay. So, uh, you know, you don't have to abandon your post. So in this case, yeah. if a dinosaur gets loose, everybody yeah, is in is in trouble. Yeah. And it's much, much more serious when you've got these giant creatures and lethal creatures. Yeah, exactly. So um, do you have any any great tales from the theme parks that you can regale us here before we uh, head out? Oh, I, know. I was kind of holding on to them for, uh, for the, the next time when we do this for the, exactly, uh, yeah. For the other. Was... But yeah, you know. Um, no, you know what? I, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to hold on to him for, uh, for next time. Just <laughs> exactly. not, not to, you know, not to bait anybody for it, but I just I think it's going to work a lot better for uh, you know for the next time that we do this. So yeah, well, next time uh, we'll we'll probably talk about chatting about um, San Diego, and uh, we'll we'll consider doing a smaller episode for that. But we have a lot planned for the Jurassic World episode. We were going to shoot with that first. But we decided to kind of take it chronologically here. But Jurassic World has a ton of stuff and and more yeah. more relatable, I think, you know, in terms of what we see today in theme parks. 
Definitely, yeah, especially for that one when we talk about Jurassic World, um, uh, you know, and and that being a theme park being open and having a catastrophe happen, yeah, that's that's going to be the one that's going to be really exciting for me because I've I've been there not for catastrophe happening, but like the attractions going down with people there and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, but uh, next time, next yeah. Time. So, um, so where can everybody find you online? Oh, the usual places. Uh, Twitter, it's uh, Indy and Marion. Um, and then on uh, Facebook, it's at uh, Chris Lanham Photography. Uh, and then same thing on Flickr as well. So, Yeah, and you, uh, you recently um, you know, uh, sent some, some awesome pictures our way of, of different photos throughout Islands of Adventure. And you put, our, you put our logo right on there. So that was really cool. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, um, I will actually, I need to put those back up. So I'll probably put them on my website just in case anyone, uh, well, the yeah, one that's yeah. on Facebook case anyone wants to look at it so yeah awesome man well thank you for coming on and uh we'll, we'll definitely talk again soon oh thanks for having me again take it easy see ya thanks for listening to the 59th episode of the jurassic park podcast Of course, I need to thank Chris for joining me here today in our new theme park segment. He's a great source for all things related to Disney and Universal, so who better to help analyze the structure of a few fictional theme parks? You'll hear more from him again soon. Over the past week, we found one of our giveaway winners. We are still searching for iTunes user MaruTNF. We have your copy of The Good Dinosaur ready to ship out, so make sure to reach out to claim your prize before it heads to another user. You have until next week to respond. We need your confirmation by July 25th. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast, and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podomatic, YouTube, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review in iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, top fives, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Drop what you're doing and leave now.